Cheerscast is part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Hey, Woody, when you were on the set there, did you see any famous actresses, eh? No. What about all the drug stuff you hear about in show business? See any of that? No. There's a lot of that juicy backstabbing going on in the set. No. Hey, guys, you gotta hear these stories. Yeah. <laughs> you wanna go where everybody knows your name. Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I am still your host after a bit of a hiatus, Ryan Daly, and joining me to kick off the second half of season six of Cheers, our good friend and returning barfly, Mr. Gene Hendricks. What's up, Gene? Oh, not much, Ryan, but you know, I go away for a little while, you go on a little hiatus, I come back, Stella's in the office, <laughs> Rob and Shag are wearing these ugly green uniforms, and... You know, I'm not a cheap guy, but this new paint job must have cost you a mint. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we've redecoed everything for the sixth season with, now that we've got your the beloved Kirstie Alley on the show and, mm. and the new Rebecca seasons. Um, did you – I mean, I've, I've asked so many people like how they thought about the transition from, from Shelley to Rebecca, but being the Star Trek fan that you were, did, were you aware of Kirstie Alley from, from Wrath of Khan or from anything else before? Uh, just the Wrath of Khan. Okay. And that's, that's one of those that being an early adopter of both HBO and VHS in our house, <laughs> I, I watched quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. When, when she showed up, it's like – Wait a second, you know, I'm, I'm uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. <gasps> <laughs> it's so funny when you think of her as Savick, and then if your next impression of her is Rebecca from the first episode of the season, where she is very put together, very straight, very severe. This, like, she presents herself as an ice queen for most of the season, and like basically like Savick adjacent. But to hear, like, the stories, and I, I just watched an interview, and I'll mention this again in a couple seconds, but, like, when she first started to do, like, their first table read for the season premiere of the season, when she was brand new after the caster, she had barely met anybody. She came in wearing a blonde Shelly, a blonde Diane wig to the table <laughs> read and everything. So to just kind of loosen everybody up, and they said that was, like, as soon as she did that, they were like, oh, oh she's one of us, she belongs here. So, um, the interview that I, I, I mentioned, um, uh, for anybody interested, and I, I recommend this, um, you can find it on YouTube, ATX TV and Paramount Plus, I think, did a joint thing um, where they put together a little mini re- reunion of the cast and crew of Cheers, and it includes uh, the series creators, Lennon, Glass, Charles, and Jim Burroughs, and then the stars, Ted Danson, uh, John Ratzenberger, and George Went. Uh, so the six of them are on the stage, and I didn't watch it right away when it came out because I saw I saw the clips and the guys look old. Like George went like I hadn't seen him in a long time, and now he's just he's looking a little bit old, a little bit weathered, and and I was like, oh, I don't know. Like this kind of breaks my heart. Like this is one of those things where you're like I I don't want to watch another. Frasier episode or Frasier show if it's set in Boston and he goes back to Cheers and it's, you know, now Norman Cliff in their 70s or 80s. I, I, I want to preserve those memories of them. But I did watch the interview and it was really funny. Um, it is six guys of advanced age, so there are a few awkward moments when 
they're not being spoken directly to or answering the question where it's like, is he falling asleep on the ch- on the couch? Like, are they, are they nodding off? Um, but when they are talking, they're sharp, they're funny, um, they've all got the, their rhythm and everything, and, and George and John and Ted in particular, they're, they're just so good to watch them, even at that. So I do recommend watching that interview. It's only about an hour long, little reunion special. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. So, some interesting stories, like, behind-the-scenes things. Like, um, I guess, again, getting back to the Kirstie Alley thing, when she was first brought on, like, before they were taping their first show, they realized that they hadn't gotten her a gift, like, a welcome, like, a, a first first night of the show gift, like, to, to welcome her into the cast. And everybody was busy except for George and John. So it fell to them to get her a gift for the show. What do you think they would do? Flowers, chocolate, something like that. They bought her a shotgun of all things, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, it, it it succeeded in the in the in the aspect that nobody ever asked us anything like that again. So, <laughs> so they they uh, they did the well. I I failed at this, therefore <laughs> they're yeah. not going to ask again. Exactly. So I guess they. They didn't run into a friendly stewardess on on her way to give her mom some diamond earrings. Then, right. right? You know, it's it's interesting watching these Rebecca episodes. I haven't I haven't watched these in years, mm-hmm. and you know, I obviously had different perspective way back when. But now, I watch it, and Rebecca is my sister. Hmm. It's hilarious because. Well, my sister is a manager. She actually works at uh, the Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City, and okay. she's like a director. So mm. she's she is high up sure, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But put together, brunette, uh, very you know knows. Hey, we need to do this to get more business and everything. And Snark turned up to eleven. <laughs> nice, <laughs> fantastic. All right, well, um, let's get into this. We like I, I I keep pointing this out that like because there's eleven seasons, season six is right in the middle, and we are starting the second half of the season. So we are starting the second half of the entire series of Cheers right now. So uh, we're on we're on the downswing now. Uh, <laughs> se- season six, episode thirteen, Woody for Hire meets Norman of the Apes. Uh, this one is written by Thief Sutton, directed by Tim Barry. Not a James Burroughs episode. This is um, this is Tim Barry's second of three episodes that he directs. He directed one in the fifth season and two this season. Uh, the original air date for this one was Thursday, January seventh, nineteen eighty-eight. While watching an outdoor taping of the TV show Spencer for Hire, Woody gets picked up by one of the producers to appear as a background extra on the show. The Cheers gang are thrilled to live vicariously through someone other than Sam's celebrity. However, when the episode airs, Woody's background part is so deep in the background that no one recognizes him, and they stop believing that he ever hung out on the set or ever met the star, Robert Urich. Meanwhile, Cliff hired Norm to paint his apartment, but their friendship is tested when Norm asks for payment. Norm now considers himself a professional painter and demands to be compensated for his work. Cliff thinks the work is sub-professional and not worth the price. Later, Cliff has the gang over to his condo to publicly apologize to Norm and to show off the fine paint job that was completed by an orangutan named Dwayne, showing what Cliffy thinks of Norm's skills. 
After a week of bitterness and resentment, Norm and Cliff nearly come to blows when Norm makes fun of Cliff's job. Finally, Sam brokers a peace between them, and the friends shake hands. Then Dwayne the orangutan returns dressed as a postal carrier, delivering a package for Woody. Cliff chases Norm upstairs, clearing out the bar, and thus no other witnesses are around when Spencer star Robert Yurk comes in to invite Woody to a party. All right, Gene, what did you think about this episode? This episode is chock full of long form jokes. Mm -hmm. I mean, the entire episode itself is the setup for the payoff of Robert Yurick showing up. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But but then you have the other like just the cold open where Carla comes in. She's been arguing with Eddie about because he said that it's something about she couldn't control her children. How dare he? After after she mentions that they've been trashing the house, destroying the lawn, the microwave, unplugging the fridge, all of this stuff. But yeah, he has the nerve to say she can't control them. And then, you know, gets a phone call and she's going on. No, you can't lock him in the closet. No, you can't tie him up. No, you can't wash his mouth out with soap. Anne-Marie, you untie your stepfather right now. (laughs) Such a good reveal. The entire cold open is just a long setup for that punchline. And the whole episode's like this. It's it's hilarious. Yes, it is such a good reveal that you you think she's talking to Eddie about how to discipline. She's like, no, you can't hit him. Like, all these (laughs) things about it reveal that, no, she's talking to her daughter and that they've got Eddie tied up. (laughs) well i mean the the whole thing with the the book club and which is actually my favorite wanted to meet in the bar (laughs) i didn't even mention the book club which is my favorite subplot in the episode but i didn't we'll we'll come to that but yeah um yeah carla is in the teaser of this episode and then disappears she's not in the rest of the show actually it starts with her just calling them up and laughing over the phone and sam hangs up and he's like that's carla reminding us it's her night off So. so i'm guessing that they probably film the teaser some other day or some other week so she would have the entire week off probably yeah i'm sure yeah i would have to actually look at the timeline of this of whether whether Rhea perman was actually pregnant or if she had another commitment or something that would have asked her to be off this episode but she does appear in every episode she was one of the one of the three that's in every single episode so yeah she was for the teaser they got that yeah Oh, a little bit of trivia that I, I had looked up. Um, well, two bits. One, Spencer Hire is free to view on Tubi, so guess okay. what my new session is cool. going to be. Because <laughs> I, I loved watching Spencer back in the day. Yeah. But this episode aired on January 10th. Mm-hmm. That Sunday night was season three, episode 11 of Spencer, The Siege. And Spencer Hire only lasted three seasons. So... I'm wondering if, even though they're different production companies, different TV stations, just because they were in Boston, somebody said, hey, we got to keep this other Boston show going. Let's do a crossover. Hmm. Wonder. Wonder. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be funny. I I never I don't have any recollection. I never watched the actual series. I saw some of like the TV movies that came after, like the, the reunion specials and everything. Like, I think it was on USA Network. Uh, reruns mm, okay. yeah. that when I was watching it, but it was one uh, an, uh, another thing where you watch that and then watch Deep Space Nine. <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. Avery Brooks, and over the course of Deep Space Nine, Avery Brooks transforms Cisco back into Hawk. <laughs> he grows the goatee, right. then shaves yeah. his head. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, as the, as the episode picks up, uh, everybody is just sitting around kind of bored, and Cliffy thinks that they're in a rut. And Norm's like, for the last time, I am not trading bar stools with you. <laughs> Which, I'm I, trying to think if this is the first time that they really acknowledge in show that that is Norm's stool. Like, nobody else should have that stool but him. Like, they've, they've clearly made a big deal about, like, that. that's where he sits, but, like, like it is it like designated his? This might be the first time they kind of put their thumb on it. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't remember because in the early seasons he would move around. He did. Yeah, so, they kind of yeah. moved around more. But yeah, it's clearly, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Since like season two, it was okay. He just yeah. sits there unless yeah. we need him somewhere else. Like with the you know Diane giving a speech. Well, now everyone has to sit the other end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so then Woody mentions that he gets his parking ticket because he left the meter running while he was watching on-the-street taping of Spencer for Hire, and the gang is really excited, especially Rebecca, um, to, hear, <laughs> to hear about Robert Urich. Um And um, they're, they're like, yeah, Norm met him one time. He's like, well, he just waved at me as he pat- sped by in his BMW. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Woody got picked out by this producer, and he's a background extra. And they're like, did you get to talk to him? He's like, yeah, he, he told me he thought it was a cold day. And they're like, wow, that's incredible. What did you say? He's like, I agreed with him. It's like this, <laughs> like the extent of their banter. <laughs> yeah, the, the most bland celebrity interaction you can think of. Um, Sam, of course, is notable, who doesn't think this is such a big deal, probably because the attention isn't on him. They're not falling all over Sam for once. And then, and then, yeah, these two women come in asking about a book club, and Sam is like, "You probably have us confused with the public library. That happens all the time, but that's two blocks down." <laughs> so yeah, then then we reveal that Rebecca is trying to upgrade the clientele and wants to establish a book club there on Sundays. Hmm. And Not Sam, Sundays. Well, and this is the thing, like, because Sam says like they can't because Sunday is reserved for their pool tournaments. And then later they say Monday night is Monday night football, but it's like, okay, that like Sundays is a bigger football because Sundays is all football all day long. So I was like, why aren't they doing that? And, um, but yeah, and then what are they, the, like their whole schedule? Tuesday is darts. Wednesday is recovering from darts night. <laughs> Thursday is poker. Friday is their night to howl. <laughs> and Saturday is date night. And it's like, uh, who's, uh, Cliffy's like, so where does that leave us? And Norm goes, horny on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of those things where if it's, if they actually are having these events every night of the week, how does Rebecca not know this? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's, uh, yeah, clearly. Um, yeah, but I mean, okay, Monday nights, you got Monday night football. Terrific. The TV's in the bar. Right. Not the pool room. Right, exactly. <laughs> So, going back, they're, like, asking Woody more about, like, the stories of being on the set. Like, have you seen any famous actresses? He's like, no. Any drug use? No. Any Hollywood backstabbing? No. And, like, like the other guy's like, oh, people, you got to hear these stories. This is amazing. <laughs> You're so obsessed with this. Um, and then we drop the first, uh, the first little thing about Norm is painting Cliff's apartment, but... Cliff doesn't think he should pay him, and they start to fight over this, and Norm insults the post office, and Cliff storms off. And then we cut to uh, another scene. We're back in Cliffy's condo. We're getting a lot of mileage out of the condo set this season. So Cliff invites a bunch of guys over to his place, and one of the few times, again, when he's not wearing his postal carrier outfit. Um, he apologizes to Norm for insulting him, and he says he brought in a skilled artist to finish the paint job. 
Cut two, we open the bathroom door to reveal Dwayne, the orangutan, in painter's coveralls, going up the ladder and starting to paint. <laughs> and this has the desired effect on Sam and Woody and, like, all of the tertiary barflies. Like, yeah, I'm surprised that Cliffy was popular enough to have, like, ten guys over to his condo. For the- um, they start laughing and Norm storms off, so... That I mean, it, that's a funny bit. I love when an orangutan shows up. Uh, luckily, no one told him to do a right turn. But the it could be the fact that I listen to a lot of comic book podcasts. Could be the fact that I'm almost 50. <laughs> but I look at them, I'm like, okay, it cost how much to rent the ape? <laughs> how much was Norm's bill going to be? Did you really make out on this deal, Cliff? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Not just he rented an ape, he rented a trained ape. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He had to get the costume and everything, yeah. Um, yeah, and speaking of the comics, just like Julie Schwartz said, you put a monkey on the cover and everything, it, it sells that much better. Yep. It's kind of like, yeah, you put a monkey on the TV show, okay, I'm laughing, I'm with you. This is, <laughs> this is a better episode by, like, a factor of ten. Um, then it's a week later, um, Cliff calls the bar to leave a message for Norm. Norm still doesn't want to talk to him, but he leaves a message with Woody, and when Norm is like, what do he say? And Woody just makes the monkey noises and everything to imitate him. So clearly this is still some beef between them. Mm-hmm. Um it's they they try to do this in the show every once in a while. They try to manufacture like a feud between the characters, between whether it's Norman Cliff or Sam and Fraser or they they try to kind of instigate some sort of conflict or or a fight between these guys and it, I, they just—they never really sell it. I just like at this point they're—they're they're just too. We know these guys too much. And it's like they're not going to break up. They're not going to stop being friends. They don't care enough about this stuff. So I—I I do feel like this is kind of the weaker part of the show. It's not the best. It you know it's oh we need another plot. Okay, right. so they—they they built this. I can kind of understand though because everyone knows that guy like yeah. Cliff who won't let it go. Right. <laughs> just keeps needling and you know if if it was the the thing at, at the condo and that was it you know it, it there wouldn't have been any issue norm would have stormed off and yeah okay it was kind of funny and all this but sending him a crate of bananas changing mm. his mail to to be addressed to cheetah and all this <laughs> it's just you know cliff just wouldn't let it go and norm I can believe is going to strangle him. Yeah, yeah, he threatens to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, we have this other plot that picks up, which is the actual <laughs> book club when the ladies show up, um, and Woody is assigned with making finger sandwiches for Rebecca's <laughs> club, which he thinks actually means cutting them into the shape of fingers. And he's like, the hardest part is getting the knuckles right. <laughs> <laughs> and and Rebecca takes the tray and she's like, no, Woody, these are... And she just looks at him and you just see the smile on Woody Harrelson's face. And, like, he's so proud of his work. And she's like, these look delicious, Woody. <laughs> she can't kick a puppy, you I know? <laughs> I can't. That was nearly my home run. It's just like when she just looks at him and he, he's so smiling, he's so happy at what he did. She's like, these look delicious. 
Um, so one of the book club ladies comes back and she says she's missing something in her tea. And he's like, oh, what is it? She's like, a shot of brandy. So he starts to pour it. And she like pours a little bit more down. And then the other book club lady comes in looking for some gin to add to her tonic. And seems like, gin in a bar? He's like, oh, hey, it's your lucky day. We have some. Before long, it gets pretty good, pretty obvious that this book club is just a bunch of like women like drinking margaritas and just like partying and going crazy. And we don't see it. We just hear it in the background in the pool room, which I think makes it all the better. Yeah. The, 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 the real indicator of exactly how long it's been going on <laughs> is when they're singing, what do you do with a drunken sailor? And Rebecca <laughs> comes out of her office and says, oh no, not again. <laughs> Yeah, how many hours have they been back there? Yeah, Rebecca is like clearly done with it. Like she's like, okay, this is not what I wanted to add. And so she said, like, oh, what she sends say or she goes in to turn them up, and then she comes back and she's like, they want Sam. You have to go back there, and um, and she's like, they want they. She's like, they asked for you. He's like, they asked for me specifically. She said, they said the tall hunk with the rippling rump, <laughs> and he's like, oh, and you thought of me. Now this, I actually wrote down as I'm watching, this was probably the biggest miss of the episode. Sam, Rebecca went, you know, Sam, I don't need you, I'll take care of it. Then she comes back out and says, Malone, go get him. Or get, no, Malone, get in there. Yeah. yeah. And he did not make a relief pitcher joke. <laughs> He's like, another save, yeah. Yeah. He's so going there, yeah. Anything, like, oh, I've, I've saved plenty of games. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, that's a good point, yeah. That would have been great, a great drop-in for one of those, yeah. Yeah, but I I don't know if they're getting away from his baseball stuff. I mean, I know he was on Ion Sports earlier in the season, right? But you don't hear it come up that much anymore. No, no, but but like the, the whole, but yeah, because the focus is more on the fact that he's you know this good-looking man that they want and everything. <laughs> when a few seconds later, when he comes out, he's like his shirt is untucked and everything, and he's like, <laughs> "Call the police!" <laughs> like call the cops, <laughs> and you just hear the women shout, "Send in the young one!" Say <laughs> like, Woody, kind of like hiding behind the bars, like, "Wait, what are they doing?" So, um. Then we we actually get the epi- when the episode of Spencer airs and like everybody's gathered around to watch it and Woody's like hey that's me that's me I'm on the screen they're like where and he's like pointing he's like that that elbow and they're like what what elbow and he's like that's my shirt don't you recognize my shirt and uh, yeah it's uh, unfortunately that that itself is a big mess because his part is unrecognizable and they're kind of like yeah we've been making a big deal about this and you're no movie star you're no TV star. <laughs> So, yeah, sad, sad for sad for Woody, um, and it, even sadder is when he tries to call or when he picks up the phone later on and he mm. pretends that it's Robert York congratulating him on a great performance and everything like that. So he hangs up, and later he has to confess to Sam that he lied about that, and he's feeling guilty for for tricking the guys. And he's like, he's like, by the way, your plumber sounded pretty confused on the phone. <laughs> there were a few phone gags in this and they're they're all right out of the Newhart staple you know where they you can tell that either they have it mentally timed out yeah of what's being said or someone's actually talking into the phone to them because yes. the the pacing is just right yeah yeah exactly yeah they they always like the one-sided phone conversations they were always masterful on the show yeah yeah the, the guys continue to rag on Woody about it. They're like, did a lot of other T-shirts audition for that role? <laughs> Somebody, mm. One of them says, your ta- the tabloids say your shirt is now dating Morgan Fairchild. 
It's like, <laughs> um, Frazier comes in with like this paper that he wrote that he wants to share with the book club ladies and everything. He has no idea how rowdy and raucous they've become. And Sam is like, Frazier, you don't understand what's going on back there. And he says, like, Oh, Sam, you're hardly one to condescend to me. <laughs> and Sam is like, Fair enough, fair enough. Go back in there. And you just hear you're like, Ladies, please, I'm a doctor. And he's like, and then I love it because later on, like when it, after it's like one of the scene breaks and everything, he comes back later after the ladies have gone, and he's just counting bills. <laughs> he's like, he's like, ah, forty dollars. Not bad for a night's work. <laughs> I love it because Sam comes up and says, forty. I only got ten. <laughs> like, well, well, maybe you could. You didn't shake it till they couldn't take it. <laughs> so. At this point, Norm continues to make fun of Cliff's job as a postal carrier until they clear the stools and they're ready to fight. And Sam tries to stop them. He's like, think of all the good times they've had drinking beer and probably other stuff. (laughs) And he's like, you know, Cliff, it's partly your fault because you made fun of his job and refused to pay him. And Norm, he's like, actually, Norm, you didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) He's like, Sam is willing to hold Cliff while Norm takes a swing at him. But uh, Hmm. Norm and Cliff, they just want to bury it. So they do their hug, which they have to wait until everybody is like walking away so they don't see it. And then even their hug is just basically tapping hands on each other's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it, that, that's even one level above a man hug. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, they, they don't even come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then cut to the, like, the, fi- the last little gag and everything where once it's, it seems like everything is settled, Norm's like, oh, I wish you, I wish we'd done this beforehand. Sorry for what you're about to see, because <laughs> Dwayne comes back now dressed as a postal carrier, and Woody signs for the package. And Dwayne, like the orangutan, goes back up the stairs, and Cliff chases Norm up the stairs to Melville's. Boy, those guys can move fast when they need to. Yeah, um, I mean George Wenton is like he's the flying. Flash in this. He's flying. <laughs> Uh, and then the other guys go out to like go back to the pool room and everything. Now that it's open, they can play pool. And Rebecca's in their office, so nobody is around <laughs> except for Woody. When da da da, Robert Urich comes in, playing himself to return the, the gloves that Woody lent him before. Um, and he invites him to this party and everything. And Woody like he's like, hey, I just want to sh- like introduce you to some people. And it's sort of like the little boy who cried wolf. Like Woody, like he's like, hey, Miss Howe, Robert Yurk is out here. She doesn't believe him. She tells him to get lost. And he tries to tell the guys in the pool room, do you want to meet Robert Yurk? They're like, yeah, yeah. They blow him off and everything. And finally, like nobody will see him. And he finally tells Sam that they're going out. And Sam just conveniently has this box of beer, like every case of uh, drinks or everything that he's been carrying up from the the stock room so he doesn't see it until he hears Robert Yurk's voice saying, all right, good night. And then <laughs> Sam kind of turns around and he's like, wait, did I see that? He's like, no, no, no. Great little, you know, comedy of errors bit there, but um, yeah, overall, yeah. It, I mean, it wasn't a bad episode. No, it's just yeah. some of it just got drug out too long. That, that's right. the only thing. It's probably... I'm I'm not going to blame the director, even though he has only directed three. I'm not going to blame him on that. I it's just probably in the writers' room they had the Woody for Hire idea, they had the Norman of the Apes idea, mm-hmm. they had the book club idea, and one script, and they just okay, well, just mash it all together. Right, and it just right. it never really worked yeah. in total. Yeah. I I liked the whole book club thing. It kind of reminded me of like a season one plot where. 
you know, like somebody would come into the bar and kind of it would be kind of their story, and you would just have the cast reacting to them for a little bit. Mm. But it doesn't. We we don't really go that far because of the other two plot lines that are are more of the focus of the cast. But I like that idea of like for this episode, yeah, there's a book club in the bar, and we're just going to see how that plays out. And and it turns out like instead of you know instead of Sam being afraid that you know they're going to ruin their their the sports bar aspect of it, turns out these women are too crazy, too too rockets <laughs> for the for the crowd but yeah i just think the the norm versus cliff thing and this is also like the second time where they've made a big deal about cliff kind of being like feeling like painters are beneath him and like that's menial work and like day labor and it's kind of like all right is this just like a a pecking order like a social totem pole type of thing for cliff because you're a postal carrier like you you have a, a very labor type of like 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 it's it's not an intellectual job like so what are you what are you comparing yourself to so yeah all i can think is that cliff he finally when norm became a painter he finally had someone to say oh you're beneath me so oh you know yes we're both laborers and and everything but i work for the government right (laughs) right right and he, you know how proud he is of that because he's got the postmaster general and the president's pictures <laughs> yes, in his condo. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, overall, I I had fun watching it. I actually watched it twice, once to take notes and once just to absorb. Oh, <laughs> so I, I I had fun both times. So yeah. it it's it's hard to find a bad episode of Cheers. I that's I, I say that every time. Um, yeah, the, the worst episode is still really good and better than a lot of other TV. So, right for Norm's tab, uh, because of I, so I didn't I didn't count the beer that he has at Cliffy's condo. These are only Cheers beers. So he had four beers, which takes him up to five hundred and thirty-one for the series. So he's he's gonna be getting close to eleven hundred by the time everything's wrapped up. I yeah, I'm expecting he's gotta he's gotta be breaking a thousand. Uh, especially like there's one there's an episode later on where he actually works at a brewery. So like yeah, we'll <laughs> see we'll see how these go. But uh, who is your employee of the week? Lot to choose from here, but I had to go with Woody mm-hmm. between his you know being so proud of being on Spencer for hire, then. No, that's my shirt. You can't tell my shirt. <laughs> and the uh, act literally wringing his hands in guilt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he shows such a tremendous range in this. I had to go with Woody. I love when he says that. I'm wringing my hands in guilt. And Sam is like, I've never seen anybody literally do that. <laughs> He's like, I've never seen that actually happen. But I would have given it to Woody too. But. I, I, this one might even be a cheat, but I'm giving it to the monkey. I'm giving it to Dwayne okay. the orangutan, just because he had two scenes and he stole the show in those two scenes. Yep, He's, Dwayne. Dwayne earned it. Yeah, yeah. He comes <laughs> in, he, he hits his mark. He, his lines are perfect, and he got the laughs. So, um, and then my home run, I, I was kind of telling you before, is also a little bit of a cheat because it's not so much of a. It's not a comedic beat as well as it is like the execution of something, but it's the whole Robert York cameo at the end. <laughs> it's just like it's the fact that they got him to play himself after the build up, like you said, like the extended build up, the whole thing about what he knows him, and they're like, no, you don't know him, and everything. The fact that he comes in for the last minute is just like, yeah, I was like, okay, that's the great payoff that this episode needed. Yeah, and and he does a great job as reactions. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, she's a great fan. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My my home run. It it's actually Norm 
because George went just does a great job with this. It's when he's listing off everything that Cliff has done done to him, <laughs> you know, with the monkey thing, and just the the final line, you know, he says, you know, you're getting getting funnier all the time. You get any funnier, I might just have to kill you. Yeah, and the look on his face, like, yeah, I'm. I'm actually expecting him to jump the bar yeah. and go after Cliff. Yeah, it's like you're crossing the line, buddy. Yeah, no, that was a good one too. I like that. So, all right. Well, Gene, thank you very much for coming back on the show. As always, uh, what are you working on now? A uh, lot of uh, audio drama stuff at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly, I'm working with uh, the ATW Theater and doing things for Strangers in Paradise and some of their original productions. Um, They're going to be adapting some stories called Paragons, which is basically public domain superheroes from like the 50s. Mm. So it's kind of of goofy, and I get to play the narrator. So I'm going to be in every episode. I'm also doing stuff with uh, uh, Azier Voices. Uh, We've got our comedy slash fantasy series out right now, uh, Queen of the Nights, where I'm directing that, doing some of the editing, uh, and just trying to uh, keep my hand in where I can as far as guest appearances on things like Cheers Cast or Back to the Bins and things of that nature. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I love coming come back to you and having you on the show every season, so I look forward to doing that again. No, I'm, I'm happy to be the recurring character. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. All right, and thanks to all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on their website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. The show is patronized. And yes, I know I say that word wrong. That's, that's the whole point. It's a joke. By the Right On Network and Jeff and Rick Presents Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack. Go to patreon.com slash fwpodcast to support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. Hey, hi, Cliff. Hey, where's your monkey? Oh, no, that's not my monkey. I just rented him to play the little uh, joke on Naomi. Good one, huh, Zippy? (laughs) Yeah, it gets funnier every time you mention it, Cliff. It's funny when you sent me over that crate of bananas. Really funny when you started having my mail addressed to Cheetah. Particularly hilarious when you sent over the organ grinder. You know, Cliff, you just keep getting funnier and funnier. You get any funnier, I may have to kill you. (laughs) 